With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The puck is dropped, and we are underway in the 2023-24 NHL season. And that means I'm back, too. I'm Jake Reiser here for the Big Bad Bees Podcast Network, and this is your Bruins postgame recap. The offseason was long and hard and really terrifying at times. The preseason was interesting, gave us some glimmers of hope. But finally, every minute matters. That was a really great way to start the season for the Bruins. 3-1 win over the Chicago Blackhawks. Let's take it even before the game. That ceremony where they brought out so many legends, guys from the 70 and 72 Cup run, um, Cheevers, Orr, Sanderson, O'Reilly, the 2011 crew, Thornton, Tukes, Berge, Chara, um, Ray Bork, uh, Cam Neely, just to see the bevy of legends come together. And then the way that they represented all of the retired numbers too, just everything that came together for that um, ceremony. If that's how they're going to do it for all of these eras nights, I will tune in however early for every single one of them, because that was fantastic. Maybe run a tear to my eye. Maybe I'm not saying it didn't not saying it did, but you know, beautiful to see so many people come together and that got the crowd absolutely rocking. Like you thought that the roof was going to come off TD garden with how raucous it was. The Bruins brought off to a great start. One of my biggest bright points in this game is that fourth line of Milan Lucic, Johnny Beecher, Jacob Lauko. Lauko with a chance maybe 15 seconds into the game. Throughout the entire first period, that fourth line played with speed, played with tenacity. They hit hard. They were frenetic in the offensive zone. They made life hard for the Chicago Blackhawks, and that's exactly what you want. With a roster that now isn't as top-heavy because Bergeron and Krejci are gone, the impact from depth is going to be more important now than ever. And so for that fourth line to show up when maybe the rest of the lines didn't get off to the best start, weren't amazingly weren't awake for the first 10 minutes of that game to say, Hey, I got you and set the tone that made such a huge difference because once again, the Bruins found themselves down one, nothing everyone else in the league will remember this. I'm sure we will too, but I might put it in the back of my mind for after this, Connor Bedard scores his first NHL goal against the Boston Bruins. He follows the Sidney Crosby career arc so far of scoring your first career goal against the Bruins. He worked hard for that goal, too. He got the puck on uh, Allmark's glove side, 
went all the way around. It wasn't a cheap wraparound goal that he had. It was that it took some skill and some speed to make sure he beat Allmark on his blocker side to that post and got past that skate. So credit to Bedard there for that first goal. But the Bruins didn't let up after that. And that's something that should go noticed by everybody. Trent Frederick scores the first goal of the Bruins season on a beautiful tip in from a Brandon Carlo shot. Matt Patra gets his first NHL point with a secondary assist on that nice cross ice pass to Brandon Carlo. That will be remembered by Bruins fans for a little bit longer. And the Bruins really didn't let up from there. You know, there weren't exactly a lot of uh, goals put up by either team this game, but the Bruins didn't let up. They had grade eight chances. They were getting pucks it deep. They were hitting, they were skating fast. It felt a lot different than the Bruins you saw last year. These Bruins are really going to have to rely on speed and tenacity, just like that fourth line and the way they set the tone in the beginning of the game. That's the way the Bruins are going to have to play going forward. And I honestly, you really saw a lot of that. And, you know, when you, you're playing well, you get rewarded. Look at Milan Lucic get promoted into the top six in the second period, and he gets the primary assist on the game-winning goal. He makes a nice backhand kind of chip pass entering the offensive zone to David Pasternak, who finds himself wide open, skate left, shoot right, above the pad, below the glove of Soderbloom. Wicked shot. Pasta finds one through the sieve, not the pasta water this time, and it's 2-1 Bruins in the second, and you have to feel really good at that point. That pasta knuckle was a thing of beauty. You need your elite scorers also to just get off to a good start, and so for pasta to score a nice goal like that, that's got to be a good sign, hopefully for him going forward. Let's see Marshawn. Let's see Zaka. Let's see a lot of those guys also get scoring early in these first few games. Um, the Bruins kept pouring it on in the third. They uh, had 10 shots in the second and 10 shots in the third. And they had 13 shots in the first. They led every single period in shots on goal. And the defense continually shut the Blackhawks down. Yes, Bedard was a factor. But in... None of the periods did the Blackhawks have double-digit shots on goal. And I don't know whether that's roster construction or whether that's the Bruins' defense playing well. I'll give credit to the Bruins' defense, I guess. Yes, it's the Chicago Blackhawks who don't exactly have the best future yet. The Bedard piece is obviously going to be big for their rebuild, but they're not there yet, clearly. They have some work to do. Uh, former Bruins Nick Felino and Taylor Hall took the ice tonight. Taylor Hall was injured on a hit by Brandon Carlo. Didn't play for pretty much the entirety of the third period. Um, something the Bruins have to work on, that power play. The first power play unit, it looked too pretty, lot very pass-heavy when you need to get shots on net. The I look at the last preseason game. I happened to actually be there at Madison Square Garden that night. The reason that the Bruins scored a power play goal that night at MSG was because they were getting people and shots on net. Brandon, uh, it wasn't Brandon Carlo, pardon me. It was Charlie Coyle, who was right in front of the net to tap in a Pasternak cross-seam feed. Um, I think one of the reasons that that fourth line, again, did so well, and maybe the Bruins put so many good chances on Soderbloom throughout the game is because one of those... Um, coaching points that I'm sure Jim Montgomery instilled was drive to the net. You know, once you get into the zone, loot teacher, beach or drive to the net, James and reams, like drive to the net. That's what you're going to have to do. And then get shots on net. If you have someone impeding the goaltender, 
have someone there cleaning up the rebounds. It's a different style of hockey than maybe the Bruins have been able to play because you don't exactly have, you know, a great two-way forward in Bergeron who's going to be able to, you know, make take those give-and-go passes, score on the rush. But, you know, you got to drive to the net. But on the power play, you also have to be shot hungry. And that's why that second unit actually looked way better than the first unit. And I'll give a lot of credit to Kevin Shattenkirk there. Yes, he's going to be your third pairing defenseman for the most part. But on that second unit, he was driving shot after shot after shot in on Soderblumer, finding someone who had an open lane to take a shot. That's going to have to be worked on, though, overall. It wasn't successful tonight that second unit gave you some signs that, you know, they can be successful, but there's going to have to be puck movement. There's going to have to be player movement. There's going to have to be an impedance on the goaltender, and there's going to have to be shots on that. There is no question about it. You have to get shots on that. And with a pass-happy power play like that first unit was, that that's not sustainable going forward. Linus Olmark only had to make 20 saves tonight, but he looked pretty good overall. And that goalie hug... Thank you, TNT. I know anybody who was watching outside of New England, the TNT delay gods were miserable. But the only good thing TNT did at the end of the night was kibitz as long as they could so we could see Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman dole out the first goalie hugs of the season. All in all, it was a pretty good game. It should make you feel optimistic. These are going to be the types of games that the Bruins are going to have to play more of. You're going to have to rely on your defense to stop good goal scorers. You're not going to be as offensively prolific. You're going to win these close two-goal games where you're not scoring as much. It's what you're going to see a lot of this season just based on the way the roster is constructed. And if if you're going to see the Bruins play like this, where their defense is shut down and they can score enough to get by, it's not going to be the worst season. I know when Bergeron and Krejci retired, it felt like the sky was going to fall. And they're still, you know, not really a number one center on this team. Pavel Zaka is great, but he's not a true number one NHL center. Charlie Coyle certainly isn't either. Patra was a great surprise and Beecher was a great surprise. But there's no, like, top center there yet. So you're going to have to rely on everybody. You're going to have to rely on the depth and you're not going to score as much. But if you can play like this and you can win games like this, I'll be a happy camper going forward. First game of the season, a nice check mark from me. Good things, bad things, but they looked at least somewhat well polished, and hopefully they go forward feeling a little bit better. There's one more home game before they go on. What's really interesting about the Bruins schedule this season is they go on their Canada, or not their Canada, their California swing really early. We play Nashville at home, and then we go right out San Jose, L.A., Anaheim. And then to Chicago, and then Anaheim comes here, and that pretty much takes you close to the end of October. So really interesting that, you know, what has been a barometer in most seasons is that Western California swing comes so early in the season. That's going to be a big test again, you know, see how this team gels on the road. See how Matty Patra adjusts to all the travel at the NHL level? That's a part of his nine-game trial. So, we'll see. But for now, game one, mission accomplished. The final score from Boston, Bruins three, Blackhawks one. I'll be here with you as many games as possible. I'm Jake Reiser for the Big Bad Bees Podcast Network. Let's have a great season.